This is the 151st QuackCast, an analysis of supplements, complementary, and alternative medicine, i.e. scams. My name, if you're interested, is Mark Chrislop. And amongst other things, I'm the president of the Society for Science-Based Medicine. Wander on over to SFSBM and see what we are trying to build there. This particular podcast is called Chaperones Needed. I receive a monthly newsletter from my medical board. Among other issues discussed are the results of disciplinary actions for physicians. Occasionally, a physician who has boundary issues is required to have a chaperone present when doing exams. I was thinking that the concept of a chaperone could be more widely applicable. Consider UDOCs, Amazing Acupuncture, the latest from Drs. Oz and Roizen. Both are professors at their respective institution. Professors. To judge from the ability to read and interpret the medical literature, both should not be allowed near a journal without a chaperone to remind them about cognitive biases, logical fallacies, and what actually constitutes a good clinical study. Looking at their recent review of acupunctures suggests that they lack an understanding of all three. They start with an argument from antiquity, as is always the case, which is not only wrong as a logical fallacy, it is wrong historically when they say acupuncture has been a go-to therapy for 5,000 years. Off by a factor of at least 50, they are unaware that acupuncture as currently practiced is relatively new, having initially been a form of bloodletting until the recent modern version with steel needles became popular under Mao. Quote, However, in the early 1930s, a Chinese pediatrician by the name of Cheng Dang proposed that needling therapy should be resurrected because its actions could be potentially explained by neurology. He therefore repositioned the points towards nerve pathways and away from blood vessels where they were previously used for bloodletting. They explain the mechanism of action as stimulating, quote, points in the body that affect qi or qi, the life energy, without noting that qi or qi is a fantasy. No life energy has ever been measured, and virtually every point on the body is an acupoint in one of the multiplicity of styles that are acupunctures, except, as I like to point out, the genitals. That they are unaware of the fact of the concept of key and meridians has more to do with the inventions of Soli de Morant, a great French accent, huh? A Frenchman of the 1930s who popularized acupuncture in Europe, and that de Morant's claims about acupuncture and the lore of energy meridians and key are founded on sloppy translations, misconceptions, or even pure forgery. Well, let's then proceed to the appeal to popularity noting that the singer Alicia Keys and bike racer Vincenzo Nibali used acupuncture and, quote, North Americans being needled jumped from 2 million in 2002 to more than 14 million in 2007. I have personally found that entertainers are not a good source of information for my health care. Rob Schneider and Jenny McCarthy have not been optimal for vaccine advice, nor are television physicians a good source for information on dietary supplements. The popularity of vaccine refusal has only been good for the spread of whooping cough, measles, and mumps. 
So perhaps the wisdom of celebrities and the crowd may not be the most reliable source for other health information. But, they note, the WHO recommends acupuncture for a wide variety of illnesses. The World Health Organization says acupuncture may help ease digestive problems like constipation and diarrhea, chronic sinus and lung infections, all sorts of pain from headaches and migraines to neck pain, back pain, and osteoarthritis, infertility, and even urinary and menstrual problems, end of quote. That weasel word, may. Come to me with pneumococcal pneumonia, and there's no may about it. I'll cure you. Perhaps using acupuncture for lung infections explains why it is the third and fourth most common cause of death in the world. Here's a problem with newspaper articles. No references. So I have to guess what references the U doctors are using. I suspect they were referring to the 1996 WHO report described as a, quote, highly flawed pro-acupuncture piece of propaganda, not a scientific review of evidence. It was worthless in 1996, and now it has the added burden of being outdated. It is a truly appalling work, ignoring prior plausibility, minimizing risks, and also suggesting that acupuncture is useful for convulsions in infants, colorblindness, closed head injury, progressive bulbar and pseudobulbar paralysis, among other diseases. I sure hope Dr. Oz does not have the courage of his convictions and use acupuncture in lieu of bypass surgery should he ever needs it. The WHO recommends it, after all. They mention that Dr. Mike, the chief wellness officer at the Cleveland Clinic, who may have concerning difficulties counting as, quote, there are more than 10 certified acupuncture practitioners in the Wellness Institute's Center of Integrative Medicine. That would be, I suppose, a number greater than 11 and less than infinity and represents a lot of acupuncture being done at the Cleveland Clinic. Has found, quote, good evidence that it works to ease gastroesophageal reflux, nerve pain, and post-surgery pain. Now, if you consider good evidence to be small, unblinded, non-placebo-controlled trials, then yeah, there is good evidence for gastroesophageal reflux and nerve pain. Quote, Despite the number of trials of manual acupuncture for DPM and the uniformly positive results, no clinical relevant conclusions can be drawn from this review due to the trial's high risk of bias and the possibility of publication bias. Or eight relevant papers were identified. One was an experimental study that showed that electroacupuncture suppressed CIPN pain in rats. In addition, there were 10 very heterogeneous clinical trials, one controlled randomized study using auricular acupuncture, two randomized controlled trials using somatic acupuncture, and three case series slash case reports which suggested a positive effect of acupuncture on CIPN. Conclusion. Only one controlled randomized study demonstrated that acupuncture may be beneficial for CIPN. All the clinical studies reviewed had important methodological limitations. What a surprise. And for post-surgery pain, quote, the meta-analysis showed positive results for acupuncture treatment of pain after surgery in terms of the visual analog scale for pain intensity 24 hours after surgery when compared to sham acupuncture whereas the other meta-analysis did not show a positive effect of acupuncture on 24-hour opiate demands when compared to sham acupuncture. 
Although there are many postoperative acupuncture pain studies with variable results, the preponderance of literature and high-quality studies suggests no efficacy, as does, of course, prior plausibility. But the Cleveland Clinic is not a bastion of science-based medicine. If I am trying to decide on a restaurant or a new pair of shoes, I pick ones I tried and enjoyed in the past, or have good reviews. When it comes to healthcare, I am a bit more selective in my criteria. I want the most effective therapy proven in the best, highest quality clinical trials. For the you doctors, the criteria is, quote, if you're one of the folks who like the idea of acupuncture and the treatment works for you, try it and offer the following as support. Quote, it's a pain soother. In a new University of California, San Diego study, after 31 kids had tonsillectomies, acupuncture muted their throat aches within minutes. So this study, retrospective, non-blinded, no sham acupuncture, conducted by a clinician who is a believer. Quote, the reported benefits of L14 stimulation is reinforced by the author's own personal clinical acupuncture experience. End of quote. No opportunity for a researcher bias here, is there? Quote, a hot flash cooler, a new review of 12 studies involving 869 menopausal women, concludes that acupuncture reduces the number and intensity of this annoying menopause symptoms. End of quote. The article is Effects of Acupuncture on Menopause-Related Symptoms, the Quality of Life in Women on Natural Menopause, a meta-analysis of randomized controlled trials. There is no reason whatsoever to suspect that acupuncture would do anything for hot flashes, certainly not by classical Chinese medicine theory of non-existent key and meridians. An article suggests, quote, the acupuncture caused a reduction in the concentration of beta-endorphin in the hypothalamus, resulting from low concentrations of estrogen. These lower levels could trigger the release of CGRP, which affects thermoregulation. Acupuncture aficionados love to point to endorphin release secondary to sticking someone with a sharp piece of metal for many of the alleged effects of acupuncture. It is much to do about nothing and would not explain how the ever so laughable laser acupuncture and acupressure would have the same effects. They included many kinds of acupuncture, some mutually exclusive in the study. Quote, the traditional Chinese medicine acupuncture, acupressure, electroacupuncture, laser acupuncture, and ear acupuncture. The mappings in the ear for ear acupuncture are not the same as those in traditional Chinese acupuncture. But there is no acupuncture, but acupuncture's plural, as many as there are practitioners, since there is zero standardization of diagnosis in practice of the many forms of this particular pseudomedicine. If you are a Bayesian kind of gal, you would understand that if an intervention has no prior plausibility, then any likely positive results are likely false positives and due to bias. And the study suggests that any and all of the positive effects are due to poor methodology and bias. As a rule, effects of pseudomedical interventions such as acupuncture only have effects for subjective, not objective, endpoints, and the number and intensity of hot flashes is a subjective endpoint. A key concept in any clinical trial that seems to be ignored or misunderstood by practitioners of pseudomedicines 
If an intervention is no different from placebo, it doesn't work. The effect on hot flash frequency and severity appear to be linked to the number of treatment doses, number of sessions, or duration of treatment. However, they also demonstrated that sham acupuncture could induce a treatment effect comparable with that of true acupuncture for the reduction of hot flash frequency. The dose and frequency of the drug made no difference in the outcome, and it was no better than placebo. And so, therefore, it works. What? And so we get misleading headlines suggesting efficacy of acupunctures. Quote, a pound melter, where 91 overweight people followed the same health diet and got real or sham ear acupuncture, those who got the real thing lost weight. Let's look at the study. Small sample size. Check. High dropout rate. Check. Bad statistics. Check. Inadequate blinding. Check. Small effect size. Check. Underlying prejudice bias in favor of an intervention. Check. Totally improbable intervention. Check. Quite the study. Many features have been identified that render a clinical trial suspect. It sometimes appears that pseudomedicine researchers try to hit as many of them as possible. Certainly this is the case where ear acupuncture was used as an adjunct to weight loss and found to be effective. Almost every error that could be applied to a study was. Patients received 5-point ear acupuncture, 1-point ear acupuncture, or sham acupuncture for 8 weeks. Quote, those who received 5-point acupuncture had needles placed 2 millimeters deep in the outer ear, taped in place, and kept there for a week. Then the same treatment was applied to the other ear. Other patients received similar treatment with one needle or sham acupuncture, where the needles were removed immediately after insertion. I suspect that there was such a high dropout rate in the sham treatment as they knew they were not getting real acupuncture. A lousy placebo renders an already silly and poorly done trial completely meaningless, like most of the acupuncture trials. But the real reason that this trial is not valid is that Korean ear acupuncture is not real acupuncture. Real acupuncture is traditional Chinese or Japanese. No, wait, hand acupuncture, no, foot acupuncture, no, tongue acupuncture, that's the ticket. Or perhaps it's one of the micro-acupuncture point systems. They continue, quote, an energizer for cancer patients. In two recent University of Pennsylvania study, women receiving chemotherapy for early-stage breast cancer reported reductions in tiredness, anxiety, depression, and joint pain after receiving acupuncture. This was discussed at length by Dr. Novella. Quote, they were treated for eight weeks with either real acupuncture or sham acupuncture. Outcomes included several scales that essentially involved reporting subjective symptoms. The study found that both groups reported improvement in symptoms with treatment, but there was no statistically significant difference between the two. In the real world, we would refer to this as a negative study. So acupuncture includes Chinese and Korean ear and electroacupuncture. Any and all acupunctures are equally useless, except when the Udocs read the literature. The Udocs finish by admitting it is all placebo anyway. Quote, we know that in some studies, sham acupuncture produces results almost as good or as good as the real thing. Perhaps the sham technique, pricking acupuncture points, works as well as inserting needles. 
or in some cases, acupuncture works because people want it to. Future research will help sort that out. It already has been sorted out by past research. Acupuncture only has subjective effects when patients believe it is effective. The UDOCs really do need to read the past literature. They also suggest making sure that, quote, your practitioner is certified and state licensed. As if that makes a difference in quality. There is a letter to Acupuncture in Medicine entitled Pneumothorax Complication of Deep Dry Needling Demonstration. Pneumothorax, a popped lung, is a rare but well-described complication of acupuncture. I almost feel sorry for the practitioner, as in the accompanying video, he keeps emphasizing the care that must be done in order to avoid just such a complication. Then, you can see where the needle abruptly goes really deep. Pop. Procedures, even useless procedures, will have complications. It happens. But watch the video for the most god-awful adherence to infection control you would ever want to see. No gloves. No cleaning of the site where the needle is going to go at least on the film. His ungloved hands wander all over the patient's back. He uses the tube in which the sterile needle sits as a pointer, touching his finger with it. As he manipulates the needle up and down in the skin, it bows, evidently bouncing off his other hand. In the coup de grace, after taking out the needle, he covers the bloody spot with his bare finger. Ugh. And this from a practitioner of 45 years of experience teaching others how to do dry needling. I cannot tell from the video if hands were washed before the procedure. Supposedly they were. It sure gives me the infection control willies. It is difficult to infect people, even if you are trying. But it is not impossible given the 506 hits searching PubMed for acupuncture and infection. The British acupuncturists are evidently not enthusiastic for either gloves or cleaning the skin. Perhaps the number of hits would have been a little smaller if they were more fastidious about infection control. But I have long noted an unwillingness of pseudo-medical providers to improve practice for the patient's benefit. The U doctors. They do not understand how to read the literature, recognize the acupuncture as placebo, yet go ahead and suggest ways to, quote, and get the most out of this healing therapy. Come to think of it, I do not think a chaperone while reading the medical literature will work. And that ends the 151st QuackCast. References are available at Science-Based Medicine from the entry with the same title, which was initially published on October 3rd, 2014. Otherwise, go to the Society for Science-Based Medicine, sfsbm.org, a society, I will admit, of which I am the president, and you need to check out and see what we are doing. Otherwise, see you next time. Bye.